Welcome back, New York Talk, episode 153. I'm your host, Elise DeLucci. Welcome to New York City. Welcome to my living room. Fact of the day. Do you know what an upside-down pineapple means, symbolizes? Like, if you're about to go into a bar and you see on the door a decal, upside-down pineapple, do you know what that is? News to me, I just found out it's a subtle sign that says... We are a swingers bar, or this is a place where swingers attend. No idea that that was a thing. I swear I learn something new every day. Um, If you are also out and you see somebody that has an upside down pineapple pin, very subtle, very subtle, they're a swinger. And they are putting it out there into the universe to say to other people, Would you be interested in swinging with us? I couldn't think of anything more uncomfortable and awkward. You know what I'm saying? That's like showing cleavage to a whole nother level, right? Girls, no offense, you might show a little cleavage. Maybe you hike up your skirt short. Maybe in the day of the garter belt, you show off a little ruffle. We all know what you want. We all know what you're trying to attract, right? I mean, and I'm talking by traditional standards because, yes, there's a lot of people, maybe you're listening, that'll say, oh, God, Elise, just because somebody shows off their boobies or somebody lets their top of their thigh show and has a guard, that doesn't mean that they're out looking for something or trying to attract attention. But come on, come on, come on, come on. I think you think we think the same. Uh, and uh, we know, we know. But it's, it, you see, you're going to put the pin on. You're going to put the swingers pin on. You're going to put a swingers patch on your sweatshirt. I mean, like advertising, advertising, except you, 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 what you want to do. Is that the same as uh, the God of Belt and the boobies? I think so. I, I, I think so. I think it is. Um, I guess maybe it's no different than having, though, the LGBTQIA flag, you know, pin on your thing. I don't know. It's not for me. That's all I could say to you. I've never, uh, is it swung? Is that the proper word? I never swung. I don't plan on swinging. I'm not interested. No, thank you. You do your thing. I will do my thing. And that is the end of that. And people, by the by, that do this with friends and stuff. I mean, all the more power to you if, if you're one of these people. I mean, I'm just not adventurous. I'm, I'm like, prudish really I'm like a prude I don't like that about me but I am I I I think it's because my mother put the fear of friggin god in me when I was growing up like you know you remember the birds and the bees talk nothing nothing is nothing is like having the birds and the bees talk when your mother's a nurse my mother (laughs) she'd be like if you do a certain something you're gonna get a disease in the back of your throat then you're gonna die that was like basically my extent of the birds and the bees it was nothing like sit down i want to tell you how the babies are made no it was not it was absolutely nothing like that um and i think that the effect of that was that I was approved or you know of course I'm sure if I told her I had a boyfriend or I liked like you know a thousand guys in my school she was probably like you gotta go to confession you know it's please anyway so people have been asking me what am I eating on keto Mm. I'm not gonna bore you with recipes unless you want them by the by 
small favor I want to ask you. If you are a listener, and I know you are, because uh, you're here now, can you, one, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts? You could just go to, uh, type in, you know, uh, Elise DeLucci Podcast, New York Talk Podcast, Elise DeLucci. In Google, Apple Podcasts uh, link should come up, and then there'll be a spot for you to leave a review. Right now, we have a lot of reviews. We have 100, I think, and something reviews. The podcast is big. It, thousands and thousands of listeners, tens of thousands of listeners a month. It's great, but I need some more reviews. So if you don't mind doing that, the other thing I will ask you of you, please, is if there's a topic that you like that I talk about regularly, maybe it's recipes, maybe we're talking about business, maybe we're talking about transitioning careers, maybe we're talking about uh, beauty products or New York City-centric things, restaurants, store openings, whatever. Can you do me a favor and can you DM me that information? I feel like the podcast right now, my podcast, it's a potpourri of everything and there's a lot of beauty in that. But I want to just, I'm curious to honing it in to see what everybody's uh, interested in. Anyway, back to what I was saying. People are asking me, what are you eating on keto? What are you eating for a snack? I'm going to post a video um, of a keto snack that I've been doing, but... I belong to some of these keto communities and everybody gives their ideas. Let me tell you what my favorite one has been is a bacon and cream cheese bite. So basically all you do is you get a piece of bacon, smear a little cream cheese on it, and I've been putting the Trader Joe's everything but the seasoning on top, folded in half, yum, one bite, delish. Another thing, never would have thought of this in a million years and it's delicious. You ever have a marshmallow fluff? And if you're not in the U.S., because I know I have international listeners, marshmallow fluff was like this big uh, thing, popular thing in the 50s and the 60s, big plastic container called fluff. And inside, it literally was like just marshmallows, but uh, spoonable marshmallows, right? And a lot of people would make these peanut butter and fluff sandwiches and on Wonder Bread, right, which was a popular white bread. So... Someone suggested in the keto group, get uh, peanut butter, like the Jason's, I think that's the brand I have, Jason's, it's it's just nuts, it's nothing else, it's just peanuts, uh, I think in salt and maybe oil, but just nuts, that kind of peanut butter. By the way, not the peanut butter, like, you know, not by the way, you know, not the peanut butter that's like Jiffy or Skippy or whatever the hell it is, that has sugar and peanuts, the, just the peanut butter with the nuts and it's it's uh, Jason's and the other one that I buy a lot is the Whole Foods brand 365 it could, it's like the organic one it's like and it's it's not expensive it's way cheaper than the the Jason's brand to be honest but I got this one on sale anyway take a scoop of the peanut butter put it in a bowl and put a scoop of sugar-free Cool Whip mix it up together and it tastes exactly like a marshmallow fluff MPB Sammy mm. That's so good. So I'll have a spoonful of that if I have a craving. Eggs and bacon. I've been eating a lot of eggs and bacon. Um, and then the last snack, little snacky thing that I've been doing is Belgioso is, you know, cheese brand. They make these uh, Parmesan power bites, they call them, like power snacks or something. They were a little tiny square cube like one inch cube of parmesan cheese you can eat as much cheese as you want on the keto diet like the best is palm gouda like the, a lot of the hard cheeses so i've been snacking on that and then of course sometimes i'll wrap the cheese and the bacon you know that whole thing but um it's 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 like high fat snacks and i know i would never 
never dream of having this kind of stuff, but this is the diet. It's working. I'm loving it. I'm you know, still down the, the 12 pounds, 11 pounds, but my pant size is down, which that's really what matters. Who cares about the numbers, right? In fact, right now, if you're watching this, I'm um, actually, you wouldn't be watching it because I'm not posting the videos right now. That's a whole nother thing. Um, I'm, you know, I'm wearing high-waisted jeans and my waist is way smaller. Loving that. Loving that. Loving it. Okay. TV talk. Watched a new show. Binged it. Totally done with it already. Amazing. Because it, it's a quick watch. You've probably seen it, to be honest. On Netflix. Love on the Spectrum. Dating show about people on the autism spectrum and they want to find love. It's not like they, they're showing you the process of them, uh, you know, picking people from a lineup kind of thing. There is not a, a, a contest element. There's not like a watch them select their mate kind of element. The producers of the show are actually picking the dates for them. And kind of, so, you know, they're just set up on a blind date and they meet these people and we see how they interact, right? The reason why it's so great is because the people that are looking for love on the spectrum are the most wonderful, delightful, interesting uh, people. It's like fascinating. And I, I, I'm not saying this lightly. Like, I never watched the show because... You know, I'd see it pop up on Netflix and say, oh, number one show out right now. I was never doing it because I thought it was going to be some terrible, you know, uh, tabloidy kind of show that's exploiting people with uh, a disorder or an illness. And I was like, I'm not doing this kind of trash TV. Even though the ratings were great, even though I read a lot of warm and fuzzy stuff about it, I just felt guilty. I was like, I am I, not comfortable watching a dating show watching autistic people try to find love what is blah 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 now side note i have a ton of friends that are autistic i probably am on the spectrum because i talk all over the place i look all over the place i've never was diagnosed anyway so it's, it's like the spectrum is indeed a spectrum some of the people that are on the show are seem like they're just you know chad and accounting you know that you know you'd be your best friend you know these people some of the people are seem seem, I should say, are, whatever, they have real impediments. Uh, maybe it's a speech impediment. Maybe their words aren't connecting. Um, and they are like geniuses. That was the best part of the show. Besides the fact of how happy to see people that want to find love go on a date. You know, these people, they're, a lot of them, they're in their mid 20s late 20s early 30s never there's one guy who's 63 never been married never had a date do you know what that's like to go through life and and never have gotten to be taken out for a meal or hold hands with somebody to see a human being having that experience for the first time was so wonderful to watch and you see the the surprise and the the emotion expression it's it's amazing but the other part that I really loved more than that was how smart these people there was this one kid named Sabat I don't know where he was from but uh he's a numbers genius like you can ask him you know any date of any year and he's telling you the day of the week that it was he was doing it they had, the producers asked him some multiplication cr crazy things and he was coming out with the answer like that 
it was incredible. These people, they're, uh, some of them, of the people that were on the show, well-versed in historical facts and the interests that they have, uh, or the level of interests, you know, the, the levels that they get out with their interests, with history or, I don't know, medieval folklore, whatever, whatever. It was just crazy. Besides the fact their personalities are great fun. So for me, a comedian, I love, one of the things that I love being about a comedian is I love other comedians. I love how nuts they are. Oh, I love nothing more than other comedians. They're nuts. Everybody's nuts. Everybody has a trauma. Everybody's doing this for some reason. I mean, of course, there's people like me that just want to do it because I want to be friends with the world, right? I want to just like have all the friends. I know how lonely things could be and isolating things could be. But there are, um, there are so many people that do it for all their own reasons and finding out all the weird and wonderful quirks in their personalities. Oh, it's the best. Oh my God, wait. As I'm talking to you, I hear banging on a pot. And I'm like, what is that noise? This is this is the downfall of filming a podcast, recording a podcast in your house. It's my sauce. I made a pork sauce the other day. I should probably, you know what? Hold on. Let me turn off the burner. This is, I shouldn't be doing this. This is crazy. This is crazy. But. All right. All right, I turned it off. I'm back. You know, the tooth is, uh, tooth's taking his girlfriend away. The tooth lives some freaking life, this guy. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I'm working. I was working like a dog for my family. And now, you know, I'm divorced. Guy goes away all the time like it's his, his second job. Anyway, must be nice. Uh, he's going away. And uh, he said to me, oh, I have all this meat, extra meat. You want it? And I was like, of course I want it. So he brought me like ugh, like two pounds of sausage. It's not the sausage that I usually like. I like uh, cheese and parsley, wheel of sausage. If you're Italian and you're listening to this, I feel like you know it. Thin wheel of sausage, absolutely delicious. I usually buy it at Baico's downtown, La Bella in Brooklyn or Staten Island, wherever I go. Anyway, Uncle Giuseppe's Marketplace, if I could find it. Any Italian supermarket, I look. And sometimes if I'm really desperate <clears throat> and I want a cheese and parsley, I bought the premio, you know, the premio sausages in the uh, supermarket. Not the best, but in a pinch, it'll do. Um, so if you're listening to this in the middle of nowhere and you have no access to an Italian supermarket, premio, you know. But he got these from a place called Good Chop. Good Chop. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. It's a meat subscription, and they deliver meats and uh, organic, free-range, chicken, poultry, meat, pork, steaks, blah, 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 whatever. And uh, so he brought me these Italian sausages, and I said, all right, I'll try them. So I made a pork sauce yesterday. Anyway, and that's what's, that's what's whatever, because I'm heating it up for the kids for lunch. Okay, so moving on. Mm. Have you ever tried float therapy? Do you even know what this is? I'm reading an article, one of the, my papers that I read all the time, and somebody said something about a new way of therapy, a float deprivation tank, and I was like, oh, no, a sensory deprivation tank, and I was like, sensory deprivation? What the hell is that? Isn't that a coffin? Like, literally, right? Apparently, so it's called float therapy, and there's places in New York all over. Look it up online. The one place it, that I found, Greenport, Green Greenpoint, Brooklyn, downtown Brooklyn, uh, Vessel Floats, VesselFloats.com. Check it out. 
So you go into a vessel and it's no sight, no sound, no gravity, no touch, no scent. And the the vessel is just that. It's this little tiny room with a little tiny amount of water at the bottom. Okay, I'm already like, I'm no. But, uh, and you go into this little pod uh, for like 90 minutes or something. And you know, all your senses, your, all these senses are taken away. And apparently it helps you get over therapy, anxiety, PTSD, just gives you like a quick reset. Um, people that, you know, like there's been studies, behavioral studies that say people that do this float practice, do it regularly, uh, their stress levels come down. You know, like I said, the anxiety comes down. They have better sleep. Um, Cause your body apparently, when you're in the vessel and you don't have the flashing, the noise, the buzzing, the whatever, your body's able to focus just on the body. And you know, your any connective tissue that's broken, anything that's going on inside you can heal. Interesting, right? Like interesting. Am I gonna do it? Mm, probably not. I'm open-minded and I wanna try new things, but I'm a little claustro. Uh, there are some sensory deprivation tanks, apparently, that are like uh, coffins, like a tanning bed. And I, I no, no. This one, this one in Brooklyn, I saw the reason why I liked this one out of all of them. They have um, seven and a half foot ceilings. So it's like you're in a little room, but it has high ceilings. But like, the other thing is like, what do you do? I was like, do they do they tie you up? Which would be insanely claustrophobic. Do you just like lay on your back and like two inches of water and float? Like, I, I think I would literally, that itself, the thought of it gives me anxiety. But if you've done it, good for you. If you want to do it, great. I'm, you know, tell me about it. I would love to hear about it. And apparently, by the way, this place in Brooklyn, they offer you pre-float drinks, post-float drinks. Like, okay, oh, okay. So after you just got all the toxins out of your body, after your whole everything just, you know, connects back and your mind is working great, the next, what you should do is you should go out and you should have a pina colada. I mean, come on. I mean, you know, of course they're not. They're probably like some, you know, fancy, you know, healing, healing martini, a healing sacatini. <sighs> Not for me. Mm. I um, I found a new bank. That was another thing. Not for me. I didn't. I didn't. Well, not 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 the bank's not for me. But I found it on line. Hi Elmo. Hi. It's called Copper Bank, and it's for kids. It's like teaches them about money. Uh, and you know, you open a checking and savings and investing. Totally love it. Look, check. You you should check it out if you have kids. I I don't know who the bank the bigger bank is, you know, like who's, who's the parent company of it. But I love this idea of opening, uh, having a bank where the kid can have their own debit card and it's a checking and a savings. And also there's an investment account and they could, you know, you can lock the debit card to certain amounts. I love this idea. And also there's all these financial literacy and there's all this financial literacy information for the kids, you know, and the parents to read together. I, I think it's really cool. And the reason why I'm talking about that is because I was having a conversation with somebody about opening accounts for my daughters, like back in the day when I, when my mom took me to open up, or whoever, I think it was my grandma, took me to the bank, you know, and, and I, we opened a savings account and they gave me the little passbook. Remember the passbooks? You know, and like you'd write down, you know, like little ledger, how much you're depositing or whatever. 
they don't really pay a lot of interest. I mean, you know, it's like it's and and also it's like I want to give my child like they have a little account, but not not like a one one that I opened when they were babies, not one that now when they're as they're older, they they can understand we're going to the bank to open an account. So I want to give them that experience that like we'll go to this bank and opening a savings account and you'll get the little passbook. But in terms of maturing their money, like as if, can you imagine? Maturing their $5 a week. Um, it's probably not the best option. The other thing is my daughters, eight and nine, by the time they're older, I mean, they're not going to be going to bank branches and doing their thing. So, you know, it's a whole, it's a whole, it's a whole thought in my head. But this is one of the banks. I read about a copper bank, copper bank for kids. Truck it, tr- check it out. It seemed uh, really, really, really interesting. Mm. Oh, my God. Do you ever feel like your coffee gets cold so fast? Oh, product of the day, edible coffee cups. Could you die edible coffee cups? Okay, so I feel like this is a gimmick. I think I read it in the New York Times or New York Mag, but there are, there's this company, startup, that, I wrote it down, hold on. It's called Cupfee, C-U-P-F-F-E-E dot M-E. It's a startup. Yeah, it's a startup. Okay, so here it is. Edible coffee cup made from seven ingredients. Oat bran, wheat flour, sugar, and oil. Okay, I don't know where the other seven are, but that's what they put in the article. Um, and basically what it looks like, it's a wafer. It's a it's a wafer cup. It looks like a big giant wafer. And it has no artificial colors, sweeteners, preservatives, whatever. It's probably like the host that you get at church, which, by the way, I think is delicious. Anyway, moving on. So... It looks like um, it looks like a wafer, and the picture of it when you go to the website, it looked like a, a terracotta flower pot, in my opinion. But basically, you pour the coffee in the edible cup, and then when you're done with your coffee, you can take a bite of it. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't. My coffee, as I just said, is cold. I it, mine gets cold and is stale quick and I leave my coffee around and I microwave it 17 times and sometimes if it gets like really stale like over two hours I'm just like forget it I'll make a new cup you know and and I don't know how an edible cup will 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 fare for me what I do think though is how cute the edible cup is for a little party right um a little dinner party or an event if you're an event person have a cappuccino put a little whip a little spoon in there you know and and people can eat it but like imagine sitting at a table all by yourself and eating your coffee cup it would be a wild scene from an snl skit all of us i mean everybody would be doing it so maybe that's fine you know like is it normalcy and mass right well if everybody's doing it it must be okay (laughs) But all of a sudden, you know, you take that last sip of the skim cap, right? And then you just start, I mean, <laughs> it's insane. It's literally insane. And then what happens at the very bottom? That's what I want to know. Is it mushy? Does it get mush? Does it does it melt in your hands? Like, I mean, it, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But that that is that is my, as my product of the week. It's a ridiculous product of the week. And of course, 
not the end of this podcast without a quote by Oscar Wilde today. Women are meant to be loved, not to be understood. That's it. I'm Elise DeLucci. This is New York Talk. Thank you for listening. Love to love you, baby. I'm <laughs> sorry.